Today on Rebuilders, we are chatting with Terry Walling. What do we cover, Mark? It's a great episode. Um, We look at renewal, the hunger in the world for renewal, revival. We learn about how God's moved in the past, particularly in California at the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s when he moved. What can we learn from that? And how do we press in in this moment for his presence? Great. And if you want to know more, have a bit of a behind the scenes conversation, you can subscribe to our mailing list by heading to rebuilders.co and subscribing there. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy and I'm here with Mark and Daniel and a very special guest, Terry Walling. Hello, hello. Welcome, Terry. Welcome. All the way from California. Yeah, you know. It, it, it seems a long way away till you get on a plane and then you know it's a long oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But having done it many times, the thing I'm most excited with having done one of these before on the famous Zoom platform, I'm actually live. You yes. are live. It's so yes. great to have you here. And In person. with that comes the presence of Danish. Yes. <laughs> you don't just get to watch us. You get to and yeah. It was partake. really, I just got to tell you, I had to go to counseling and everything. It was really hard to watch you eat the Danish <laughs> and stay focused on yeah. I actually remember the things of God. You know, I probably. remember that episode. And me madly like trying to get your address and like seeing if I could Uber some yeah. pastries, oh, but yeah. I just couldn't. Tell I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was that thought that was yeah. just that really <laughs> endeared me to you. Know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, great to have you present with us, Terry, Very and nice. that you can enjoy some pastries. Um, mm. Still many there before you. Mm. Uh, yeah. How wh- how was your journey over? Mm. Good. Good. We. Uh, you know that it's that leaving uh, San Francisco at midnight, mm. arriving in Melbourne in the morning, trying to trick your body that the sixteen hours that occurred in between <laughs> was really just an extended night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, felt good getting up, and then for me, it's day two, and day two it just boom hits oh. you. Yeah, Oops, probably too loud for Daniel, oh, but anyways, no, no, no. it hits you and. Uh, so this is day three, though, so there's hope. Well, the coffee is flowing. Coffee uh, is You're good. in the coffee capital. And, yep. uh, yeah, we're looking forward to Well, that was a funny thing. Uh, quickly on the plane, uh, Ozzy sitting behind us. We lived here, obviously, five years. We were getting up, ready to get off the plane. I said, so guess what the first thing I want when we get here? She goes, I don't know. She, she didn't. It's like she didn't know if I really lived in Australia, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever. I was five years. And, he, and I go, I want a coffee. And she goes, oh. Oh, you are. You you became an artist. Especially you're in Melbourne. One of us. One of us. (laughs) She felt we felt much more endeared to each other. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the dirty secrets of this podcast Uh is Daniel doesn't drink coffee. No, it's not a dirty. I'm. I'm. I live in the glory of a non-coffee-based life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, but the way you were raised, you you have other things yeah, you're based yeah. in. You were in yeah, the true. Barossa. I did have a glass of wine a last little, night. A little, <laughs> <laughs> At Ten o'clock. You failed to confess that. But you're <laughs> freely confessing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. No. It's, That's it's, great. That's good. Part I like of DNA. It. So mm. I'm here. DNA. Got to lean into it. Your high school had a vineyard. We just talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. high school had vineyard a vineyard and a winery and wow, that was the whole thing. Here are my so lord, send me. <laughs> 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 and yet you came to Melbourne, so yeah. 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 go figure. Amazing. Yeah. 
Well, we're privileged enough to have you, Terry, for a few episodes. Mm. Um, we'll be digging into things. And we know the audience is going to really, uh, I think, benefit from your wisdom and, mm. and uh, what you bring and who you are. Yeah, I was wondering, you better not advertise a few episodes. Oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, keep going. At yeah, least yeah, more yeah. than one. Okay. And, um, but we thought actually a really good place to start mm. is on the topic of renewal. And uh, there is definitely a sense in the world um, triggered by the Asbury awakening, but I think before then, Mm. um, where there just seems to be – I had someone uh, say to me yesterday, there are spot fires. They were talking about Western Australia and they're saying, like, there seems to be little spot fires. But I'm hearing that. I've just had the privilege in the last couple of weeks of uh, traveling around our country a little bit and um, being to different cities and just, yeah, there seems to be a sense of hunger and expectation I've not seen. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, But it's not just Australia. It's it's across the world. And – yeah, we had our first renewal sessions last night. Which, good. Um, yeah, you were there, which was great to yeah, have you good. there. Yeah. And we sort of felt like this sense of pushing into something, we really saw it as a, as a leap of faith. We simply just got together, prayed, worshipped, talked about renewal. Yep. Um, and we just thought uh, there are lots of people feeling this hunger uh, yeah. out there. And perhaps a great place to start is um, many of our audience Mm. um, who mostly the sort of – what is the key demographic of our audience, Daniel? What do the stats tell us and Um, and the emails? Somewhere between late 20s into kind of mid to late 30s kind of bracket. Yeah. Yeah. So very much a sort of millennial, um, it's a top end of Gen Z or Gen Z. And um, but of course, welcome if you're not in that age bracket, uh, as some of you are. Um, and but many of them are feeling this hunger for renewal, yep, yet have not experienced it. And um, it's just interesting. I thought it'd be a great place to start is very much your sort of beginnings in ministry. Um, you were in California, yeah, um, I was. Yep. when you know there was the Jesus people and, and all of that, and Wimber and all different things moving. I just thought it'd be a fascinating starting point. What was that like? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of, uh, when you're a teenager, you're not aware of big picture. You're not aware of all the stuff going on. You're, mm. you know, aware of other things <laughs> in the wonderful teenage years. Um, but, yeah, a funny, quick funny story. I was going to a Baptist church at that time. And uh, when you're a teenager and the pastor comes up to you, and I was kind of a ringleader a little bit, and he says, you know, Whatever you do, don't go to that tent down there with the big dove on it and that Costa Mesa thing that's all happening down there uh, uh, because we're Baptists and Baptists don't do that. You know, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Or He didn't say that. But anyways, yeah. bottom line is if you tell that to a teenager, that's the first place now you want to go. <laughs> I, don't know if that, I don't know if that was his inbred strategy, but we're going. And then for sure... He said, if you ever find yourself there, don't go to the afterglow because that's when the spooky stuff happens, you know. Mm. For sure, we're sticking around for the afterglow to see what that's all about. And all of a sudden, it was just like we were swept up into something. Mm. Mm. And all of a sudden, it it kind of was everywhere. Mm. And it had been going for a while. So Mm. it it had been fueling. I think sometimes when people think of renewal, it goes hot flash right away. Mm. Mm. No, that's not really how, at least my experience is. It's a growing fire. It's Mm. a, it's a, just like when you hit a beach and you start a fire, it's not the fire you have in an Mm. hour or two, Mm. but it's that first fire that starts to, you know, Mm. kind of warm people's heart and stuff. So I was going down every Thursday night to hear this, bald old guy uh, speak named Chuck Smith. 
So all that stuff that's coming mm. out in Jesus' revolution was mm. part of it. I didn't know all the backstory of it, but you know, it was just kind of like, wow. Mm. And then these bands started to go out into the park. So I took my friends, we went mm. to a big park, you know, these love song and all those groups were sharing and stuff like that. And it was, it was really that, wow, mm. God is actually doing something. Mm. He's not something I'm reading about now because I grew up in the church. Mm. I was one of the first holy rollers. Um, mm. My dad used to, we used to have to clean the church and he wrapped me with cloths around me, put me, this is true. I've been to counseling over it. And, and I would actually lay in the back and roll down underneath the pews, cleaning the pews. <laughs> Boom, the first holy roller. Oh, wow. huh? That is gospel truth and I've been to counseling. But anyways, <laughs> oh so I heard about God and I heard about all the things he, he has done. Yeah. <clears throat> But I mean, this was so utterly ridiculous. You could drive along the freeway mm. and people had bumper stickers and everything and you'd, you know, give them one way and yes to mm. Jesus. I mean, in California. Yeah. I, it was really incredible. And, mm. and yet, you know, it wasn't everybody, mm. but all of a sudden it just started to light a fire mm. in a lot of soggy logs that were out there mm. and people who doubted. And uh, yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. Frustrating. Mm. For me personally, finally, I began to discover it's for me. Mm. Mm. I think what renewal almost does for believers sometimes is convince them they belong. Mm. Mm. It started to happen inside of me. Mm. It started to kindle my heart. Mm. And it's what thrust me into, I was going to play American baseball and make a lot of money and my sister was going to be the missionary, and she mm. ended up marrying a guy making a lot of money, and I was the missionary. But it, mm. it thrust my whole direction of life, a whole new mm. pathway uh, mm. for him and stuff. I mean, to the point where I started a—I mean, this, this ought not have happened. Our mm. church actually located in a shopping center, and that wasn't something mm. you did during those times. And we would—Saturday night, we would actually invite these bands in, and out mm. in the parking lot, we'd have— Four or five hundred kids showing up every mm. Saturday night, wow. praising Jesus, and mm. it was one of those things where you, you know, you do something and ask forgiveness versus permission. I forgot yeah. to ask permission to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I had some stuff I had to work through, but it was mm. an un, just an, a spontaneous. Mm. It was organic. Mm. It wasn't institutional. It mm. was mm. not something we you know put in the diary for or the schedule for four weeks out. Mm. It just happened. It's beautiful. Can I ask with those um, with those meetings that you went to as a teenager? What 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 was it like? Mm. What what did it look like? What mm. what were people doing? Yeah. Well, what it, it this is going to sound like it it had essentially one form of the worship. All of a sudden, the worship team would come out and we would just start singing. Nobody would announce. There were no announcements or anything. Like that, mm. and they just start singing. We'd sing for 45 minutes mm. long. Sometimes mm. there was just, that's all we did that night. Yeah. Mm. Or it broke into small prayer groups mm. or whatever. But then at some point in time, um, the guy who was kind of the principal in, in, or the leader in that, Chuck Smith, would get out and he'd just start reading 
He read the Bible verse by verse. Hmm. Start, I know this sounds weird, starting in Genesis. And he explained it all to us. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And then it, it, it got so believable, we went out and, and then really started just telling people hmm. about it. I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> I know that sounds so utterly simple. Hmm. That's all it was. And then, we, then we'd say, Thursday night, I'll see you next week. Mm. And we'd come back and we'd get fire and we'd go mm. and stuff. And I mean, it was just so real. But the people up on the stage weren't performing. Mm. And they were then stopping a song and telling us about their changed life. Mm. And it just felt like all of a sudden it became accessible mm. to, to all of us, not mm. just you know, to a few of us. Mm. And I think one of the biggest things for me, what it did was um, I I feel things, hard things. Mm. I hadn't felt my faith. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I really hadn't. I hadn't felt my faith. Mm. And I even heard people in those days, oh, you know, emotions. Yeah, I can't mm. trust them. And, mm. da, 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 da. and so in fact, faith and then feeling. Mm. And so the feelings in the caboose, it just comes mm. along and stuff like that. No, wait a minute. If this stuff has that truth you say in it, it ought mm. to revolutionize my heart as well as my head. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people kind of, I think even dispute revival renewal stuff mm. because you start feeling, and here's the problem. You start feeling things you don't know how to control. Mm. And the Western world is so control-oriented mm. And maybe I can't even explain, and I'm not talking mm. right now about tongues or anything. Like that. I'm just talking about that sense of his presence. Mm. Yeah. And and yet that's the thing. I think the faith needs to be lived here, here. Mm. We shouldn't leave one out, but it's mm. God's consuming presence that takes us into a whole different way to think and a whole different way to, mm. to see. And when I think of, of renewal and revival, I think of the reverse. We in the West have targeted the head, yes. hoping the heart will change. Mm. I think when renewal comes and revival comes, it's the Spirit of God penetrating the heart, and it elevates us to think in new mm. and different ways. Mm. Mm. Is, that, is that close to your question? Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's that's really helpful. I guess as, as somebody who hasn't experienced it, yeah. as Mark, as Mark um, acknowledged at the beginning, it's really helpful to sort of yeah. envisage yeah. Uh, what yeah. it was like for you yeah. as a young person. And I believe now, especially here, Brad, and other places, you're, you've got the foretaste of it. Mm. You've had moments when you've felt it and then felt yeah. it backed away. Mm. Yeah. And, and don't be discouraged by that. I think mm. that's just Tim saying. You know, okay. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Is this yeah. it? Mm. Yes, yeah. Lord. And then you fell back and you get so disappointed in yourself. No, just keep leaning in. Mm. Yeah. And and don't be surprised if it happens in incredibly surprising ways. Because mm. mm. I wasn't looking for it. Mm. Yeah. That's but he built on it mm. and, you know, lit the fire. What effect did you see that flowing then? So almost you're saying you know, you've got your Baptist church you're going to on Sunday. This is happening on Thursday. And I'm guessing people are coming from different churches to that. All over. Yeah. Um, what effect, flow and effect did you see of that? So the effect like on the church or yeah, the yeah. following effect? So the church would yep. just sort of run along doing its usual thing. Yep. What yep. was the yep. Inter interplay? Yep. I saw the church hanging on for dear life, not wanting to change. Mm. And then finally having to change. Mm. 
it's like it it started to overcome the church. Mm. So then all of a sudden it was okay to, you know, not do the four, three hymns, mm. this and the doxology. Not against liturgy. I mm. like liturgy, but the but the whole thing just kind of overcame mm. what it was. Mm. And it's really where then I picked up uh, after then, you know, the special gift God gave me in coming to Australia was to get first, get out of the American culture. Mm. I know if you're American, you know, please don't be offended, but mm. the rest of the world knows what I'm talking about. Get mm. out of the American culture, come mm. see it in a different, come see it in a different culture, mm. and then realize that personal renewal really is the key mm. to corporate change. If you want to change the church and try to do it without that sense of renewal, mm. you get a fight. Mm. Well documented. Mm. If you want to see it happen, it's let's start with renewal mm. and rekindling that heart. And we'll still have the same problems, but we'll see them in a new mm. way. Mm. And believe that something could happen in a new way where all the strategic plans and everything, which... I followed then into, okay, yes. I'm going to help the church now. Yeah. I'm going to help it move forward. And we did some incremental help, mm. but we never saw the renewal mm. that we saw in those early days. Mm. So once once it happens, it's almost like people begin to get to the point where it, they finally get to the point they can't deny it. Yes. So it all of a sudden then starts to bring about change. Mm. But I find people so quickly move back into form. Yes. yes, yes. And move away from fire. They move yes. back into form. Yes, yes. So you then went on to study, and one of the yep. people you studied was um, Richard Lovelace, um, yep. who, for those of you who don't know, um, in many ways, a lot of Tim Keller's work around revival yep. and renewal, um, he acknowledges, you know, Lovelace. So you may have been exposed to some Lovelace without realizing you have yep. been if you've been a follower of Tim Keller. Yep. Um, and he really talks about the dynamics of renewal. So experiencing that renewal and then moving into, I guess, that study, but what did you learn? Well, I really learned that my instincts actually had documentation to it, that it was the character, it was the internal, it was that sense of um, reality that um, that's what's going to fuel the whole thing and that's mm. what continues to fuel the whole thing. Mm. And I learned, you know, down through history, how a lot of movements start with fire and then, you know, finish with form. And the form tries to kind of capture it, mm. organize it, mm. distribute it, put different things on it. And that's when it, you can just see it kind of go down. Mm. But that spontaneous happens as people take responsibility for their own journey with God mm. and the depth of that journey coming from new character formation mm. uh, in their life. So being and doing are two tracks that I teach on, but there's an order in it. Just like, mm. I, I think I picked it up from him, Mark chapter three, Jesus said, come be with me, then mm. go minister for me. Mm. And then here's one of the final lessons Lovelace taught me. And then you'll have the authority to drive out the demons. Mm. Huh. So it's not just being or doing, it's both, but yeah. it has an order. Yes. Mm. You don't you don't wait to go out, but as you are with him, you're going out. Mm. And now you see an authority that's different than natural abilities. Mm. Mm. So I would characterize, you know, forgive me, I've sinned, I'm a boomer, but I would characterize <laughs> during our whole time, we turn this thing into 
natural abilities and away from spiritual formation and spiritual authority. Mm. So that's why the church is institutionalized. But if I'm taking responsibility for my own journey, what begins to happen mm. is that creates a presence and authority in my life mm. that actually can change some things that typically don't change. Mm. I wonder mm. um, just on that, you, you've sort of started to explore it, but talking about the renewal that sort of happened when you were a teenager yep. and then how the church has sort of adopted a lot of these things as yep. a form, what would you say are a number of the sort of typical things that the, the Western church has, you know, yep. just set out and that's yep. what we're doing now yep. and mm. that's why we're kind yep. of resistant to a new renewal, like what needs to be yep. renewed? Mm. I'll just give you one that you can put a whole lot. What, the, what I have seen the church do in my lifetime is create silos. Mm-hmm. So we'll have the evangelism silo. We'll have the discipleship silo. We'll have the small group silo. We'll have the worship team silo. And that compartmentalization of the church has, I think, this is just my opinion, destroyed the fire, yeah. put out yeah. the fire. And um, when you tear down the silos, people panic because now you've taken away a structure that they put their confidence in. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And so then they fight harder for the preservation. You mm. know, Jesus wants us to do this and this. this. Mm. It's not that he w- doesn't want those things, but he wants it integrated into a life. Mm. Yeah. So the way I'm saying it now is we got to get back to one simple thing, apprenticing the life of Jesus, mm. Mm. not just the core beliefs of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. The life of Jesus, mm. starting to live like him. And, mm. you know, that includes me. Mm. Yeah. And, and living my life embedded in my world and actually trying to f- figure out, Jesus, how in the world did you behave like that? Because I don't want to behave like mm. that. But that builds my dependency. Mm. Mm. That takes me deeper into trust. And the second major thing I, I would say, probably the major silo is when we separated discipleship and mission. Mm. Yeah, okay. Mm. Wow. When, you do, when you separate discipleship and mission, mm. that all of a sudden says, I'll be trained over here, and I'm then supposed to love the people over here. Mm. Mm. But when I... You know, I know people say, oh, yeah, you know, it's very simple. But if you go back to Christ, he loved the people there. And that's where the disciples learned how to be a disciple mm. in the midst of doing mission. Yes, mm. yes, 100%. So if the church actually keeps saying, come in here, get trained, go out there, mm. I think it's going to continue to inst- institutionalize. Mm. Yeah. But when the church has no walls and it goes out there, yeah, and mission and discipleship are one, mm. I think mm. that catalytic uh, force is what ignites the mm. fire. Because you know mm. when a fire, it, you, mm. need, you need that spark, spark, and mm. boom, when that spark happens, then it's caught. Mm. Mm. And we're not, we're not firing or ex- exhibiting that renewal because I think we've separated this thing off so much. Mm. So churches say to me, well, 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 what do we do? And I say, guess what? First, we're not going back. Second, we are really not going to go back. Mm. And third, we have one marching order. Mm. 
Go be like him. Mm. Love him and your neighbor. Mm. Let's see what happens. Mm. It's fascinating. I'm just thinking like, I guess I'm thinking out loud and formulating questions <laughs> as, as I speak here because it's, it's so interesting. There's, there's a hunger at the moment. You know, there's the Jesus Revolution movie. There's almost just sensing like yep. what you guys experienced. There's yep. a lot of young leaders like yep. we're looking for that. Yep. Part of what they're looking for is also coming from a discontent, a holy, a holy discontent with what they felt is the contemporary church's inability to to do discipleship. You know, and and but what's really interesting is in many ways you could argue the contemporary church form is the formalization of what happened at the very beginning. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So here's the you know the contemporary worship song, which is trying to capture. You know, like you yep. could, if you did a sort of historical thing, you go back and go. The contemporary church really is born in those meetings that oh, you talk about totally. in California. Even totally. the sound, the sort of you know easy rock sound or whatever you want to. Yep. You know the. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a fascinating historical moment where we feel that holy discontent. We long for something like that, but also that's also the origins. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know yes. what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. really weird. Um, so, so I guess I guess what having seen that cycle, can I just, oh, just yeah, no, go, for it, you, go for it? I think you hit it right mm. there because that's why people don't want to break free because you know it has the origins of their faith there, but their mm. faith is locked into. The fact now that this thing is everywhere, not integrated into a life. Mm. I mean, he really didn't come to start a worship service. Mm. He really came with that kind of mandate. But mm. we saw in those early days, oh, wow, mm. should have great music. So now we have a great music department. Oh, yeah. wow. Prayer is important. Yeah. So we'll have a prayer team. Yes, oh, wow. Yes. You know, we, we yeah. ought to probably train some people. So mm. let's do discipleship. That's, yeah. that, that's what we saw going on. Mm. It was organic back then. Mm. It was out of control. Mm. It was trusting mm. God's spirit. Didn't mean to. Oh no, know, no, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no! I'm just, thinking out loud. Like, I mean, in one way, you could argue that this is what Western culture does. We, I don't yeah. know. You think of punk or something, and it's crazy in yep. the early days. And then you know, you've got someone playing at the yep. Rod Laver Arena in town, some punk thing, and everyone's paying yep. their thing, and it's all very orderly. You know, <laughs> so there's that dynamic of it. But I think, what would be the mm. advice? Um, all across the place, we're hearing like what, what what we did last night. We gathered. Yeah. We're pressing in. We're we're heading into unknown territory. We had our services disrupted a few weeks ago, where the yep. run sheet went out the window, and yep. communion <laughs> turned into an altar call, and yep. had the spirit moving amongst us. So there's an element of how do we not try and run the program of this? Yeah, <laughs> and how do we? Uh, press into so, yeah. So, what advice would you give looking back, having mm. been on that journey? Because I think also you probably think of as well friends uh, yep. who were there yep. and have not finished well. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's like 25, 30, they're, they're at the end of themselves, contemporary church, they're seeing the problems, but want to press into this? What would be your advice? Yeah. Well, good, Mark. I want to just. Turn it back to you. What would be? No. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I think it was what I experienced last night. Mm. We're just going to come and seek him. Mm. Mm. I do think it needs to return back to simple. Mm. We crave his presence. Mm. We need to just tell him that. Mm. We crave your work. Mm. We're tired of our work. Mm. As I... As I coach leaders all over the world, there's a massive problem with burnout. Yes. Massive. 
And that burnout is coming. You know, you one of the keys to burnout is mo- ministering out of duty and responsibility. Yeah. Mm. Out of formation and instead of formation and passion. Mm. And sometimes we all got to do duty and responsibility, but how about we start letting the duty and responsibility rest over here and we just get together and we just crave wanting to be with him. Mm. I mean, because in some sense, that's what then the first Bible studies or whatever was. It was just like, we're so excited because maybe we had a chance to experience his presence again. Mm. I mean, it was like Jesus was walking in the room. Mm. And, uh, and when that begins to happen, I just want to worship and call out to him and feel the presence of others doing the same. Mm. Small, big, whatever you know, kindling fires that start happening. Mm. Um, you know, that, I I was discouraged. Mm. Honestly, if that hadn't happened, I probably would have, you know, gone on with a career and maybe thrown some money back at the church saying, yeah, I mm. remember that. I better, better do that. Mm. Um, but now it's my life. Mm. And if we have got to turn it back to that simple, Beautiful, we need you. Mm. You know, I think of the story with Moses and all that he had gone through. And in Exodus 33, God says, okay, I'm going to go over here, but you guys go on over there. Mm. Do you believe Moses told God no? (laughs) No. That's not how it's going to work, God. I mean, think about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's not how it's going to work. Here's Mm. how it's going to work. We're not going anywhere. If you're not over there, Mm. we're staying right here. Mm. I think we just got to say, we're not going to settle for anything else but your presence. Mm. You know, all great Christians walk with a limp sometimes. Mm. And sometimes it's that bringing our brokenness and who we are, and we blew it. Mm. I'm impressed with Nehemiah. Nehemiah didn't do a lot of the things, but his forefathers were part of it. Mm. And I know... You're mad sometimes at the boomers. I would be too, because of what, in some sense, we made it. But you got to inherit the problem before you can change the problem. Mm. And so, God, we surrender. We mm. give the church back to you. Mm. Come, mm. come. And here's what's going to happen. My our experience mm. was it didn't happen right away. Mm. And then, as we kept leaning in, mm. man, it started happening. Mm. And we had this. It was so funny. We had this coffee house where we put fake tables up and fake, fake candles on the tables and all this <laughs> stuff like that, you know, put a, called the thing the bridge and put a fishnet up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was like, it was so great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fishnet and the tables. Mm-hmm. It was that he came. Mm-hmm. It was that he came. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably not maybe the formula, mm-hmm. but to me, that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until when we get to the end of ourself, we're at the beginning of hope. But till we get there, mm. we are going to inadvertently try every idea we have about how God should do this, mm. as opposed to telling him, we don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm. Come, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Come. It's almost, um, I'm just reflecting as you're 
just on what you're saying, like, uh, by the way, there's a great line I want to come back to. Often you throw out these great lines and you've got to come back to the top. And before I get, ask my question, you just said, you said something like, when we come to the end of, we come to the beginning of hope. Say that line, what did you say? Again? Come to the end of our, our ourselves, we're at the beginning of hope. Yeah. Hope comes. Um, and by the way, hope and courage are tied, hmm. I found. When you don't have hope, you don't have courage. But when you have new hope, you have new courage. To mm. lean back in. Mm. And and that whole process of coming to the end of yourself mm. is an incredibly hard, painful mm. process. And that's, I think, what's happened over the last three or four years. Mm. You know, my Eugene Peterson could do it, so I'll use my own language. I think God just said, the gig's up. Yeah, It's finally up. I'm yeah. not going to keep blessing and and giving my presence to the people that don't do what I really intended to do. Mm. Mm. I'll shut it down. Mm. I mean, my whole life I was told to go to church. Then there was a year in my life I was told don't go to church. Mm. Wow. And we did that globally. Mm. I mean, I don't I don't think we everybody's oh, you know, look. I don't think we realized. Mm. It's the world stopped. Yeah, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It stopped. Yeah. In our lifetime. Mm. And I think for us, the, for us who love Jesus, it stopped for a reason. Mm. Mm. It's over. Mm. Mm. Now come, chase mm. me. Mm. In the beginning of our lives, he chases us. Mm. But you know what renewal is? Us chasing him. Mm. Yeah, wow. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting too because like there's a singularity in what you're talking about. Like I... I uh, it dawned on me the other day, like, I think when we talk about burnout, we can have this preconceived notion of the super busy alpha type leader pastor yeah. who's working yeah. a gazillion hours a week and going everything yeah. and they're just driving. But I'm encountering people, more people who oh. aren't doing that. Like, I know people who are working three days a week yep. <laughs> and they're burnt out. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's more than work hours. It's now this, it's almost like a mental. Mm captivity of constantly comparing of, of trying to do everything like i'm also meeting people who are like gone to this point they're like i've done the you know i went to a big contemporary church pentecostal church i then got mm -hmm. into the new reformed thing and then i got into yep. to this and i did that and i've just come to the end of it and i'm yep. just like here i am like it's almost we've been spinning the yep. different mm. like barrels in a revolver and, and trying to get a shot off and barrels in a revolver. Ooh. We're not Let's a gun go culture. Plates. Yeah. Let's go plates. And plates, spinning okay. plates. Spinning plates. Yeah. Um, and, Better uh, than revolver. <laughs> right. but, but I think in what you're saying is I wonder whether there's a, a huge exhaustion. Yes, working too much, yeah. 100%, and there's a hunger for Sabbath and hunger yeah. for all that. But then there's this other thing of, which is just, this is resonating as you're saying this, with it's choosing one thing. Because I think people are driving Beautiful. themselves insane of like always comparing, looking. Yep. Social media is great for us seeing something happening in Asbury, but it's bad in that we're constantly comparing. Yep. Mm. And I wonder if it's the singular choice. Yep. Like I choose not all these things, I choose you. Yep. And I wonder if perhaps even for our audience it's the burnout. That's the bigger burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly thinking through yes. things. And and what I hear you're saying is there's a simplicity, a singularity. yes. yes. Like just coming before him, yes. and and the other thing that really hit me, hit me by, by Asbury. It's not 
like I don't know if it was the Asbury revival and people were spinning plates, and all of a sudden it's now the, the amazing. You know, they have supernatural ability to spin yes. plates in the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this whiz bang yeah. thing. You know, but it's not. It, it's it's quieter. It's it's devoted. And Pete Gregg said it's almost like an older sort of devote. Yep. You know, it's it's something old fashioned in in a way. Yep. And I wonder if that's about the simplicity. It's not going to be a gigantic power display. It's it is the power of God, but coming. Yeah. And Alan Emerson, Trudy reminded me. Alan Emerson, a friend, um, uh, he, he he said he predicted, like he not predicted, he prophesied that there would be the next revival would be the revival of the still small voice. Mm. Wow! And. Trudy reminded me of that the other day, my wife Trudy, and and I just was like, oh well, I think there's something in that. I I need to affirm that real quick because I think John ten, my sheep hear my voice mm. and follow. I totally would affirm that because I think the next is about voice recognition, mm. Mm. the ability to recognize his voice and distinguish it from all the other culture, and then have the courage, you know, hope. Wow, I'm hearing his voice to now courageously step into mm. the shedding of things as Jesus takes his sheep mm. to the new place. Mm. And uh, you know, one of the one other quick thing, the simplicity of it. You know, Asbury lit up during the same time as Jesus movement too. Yes, yes, that was the former time mm. with Asbury. So I think we're afraid. Is are we part of the worldwide movement? And just, mm. Mm. No. Right here, right now, mm. with us, mm. we're done. Mm. We're going to let it go, for, and we're just going to go after him. That's what mm. I so appreciated about our time last night. We're, we're going. Let's mm. go. Mm. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go together. Mm. Let's see what he has. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, after reflecting a little bit last night, um, it's kind of like we need to have expectation without our own expectations. Mm. Does that mm. make sense? Ex come expectant. Yes. But mm. not driven by our expectations. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you use that one. Right? Yeah. That, that's mm. good. That's, that's now your Liddy line. Now. Yeah, great. Mm. Come expectant without expectations. <laughs> You're using a Liddy. Uh, yes. Yeah. You. Come on. Yeah. That's good. That yeah. is really good. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been <laughs> a really encouraging conversation. Mm. Um yeah, thank you all for joining us for today's episode. Thank you so much, Terry. Oh. Um, we look forward to chatting yeah. with you again for another episode. Yep. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time.